Welcome back to Film Vloggers. We review films with vlog dead horses, so you don't have to. Is this week's film choice a complete waste of your viewing time? Much like vlogging slash beating a dead horses, get it? Please head over to www.filmvloggers.com to check out all of our previous vloggings. And while you're there, maybe hang out for a while, look around and vote for our next film. Click on vote or visit www.filmvloggers.com forward slash vote. Are you an idiot? If so, please check out our idiot's guide to reviewing us, where even a big dummy like you can leave us a red-hot review. Here at Film Vloggers, we pride ourselves on offering one-star content with five-star effort. Once on the website, please click on Idiot's Guide, or visit us at www.filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. That should have been Idiot's Guide. My fault, I didn't change the URL. Annoying. Once again, filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. Believe it or not, we now have a Patreon. I know what you're thinking. You have the audacity to ask us to pay to receive more of this. Forceful dramatic effect. Yes. We have a Patreon-exclusive show called Near Pickers. I think you'll like it. Please visit www.filmflogs.com forward slash support hyphen us. Again, that hyphen is annoying. Should have removed it. Or head straight to our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash film wafflers. No idea why I did film wafflers. Another mistake. Where you can support us for as little as one British pound or a buck fifty. And while you're on the website, punch that big purple subscribe button and tell a friend about the vlog. Wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, mistress, your nan, granddad, your kids. They can tell their friends. They can tell their friends at school about the vlog. But in all seriousness, this really helps the podcast grow and enables us to enrich or ruin the lives of the hundreds of millions of earlobes we haven't reached yet. Hello, hello, hello. Lovely. 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 Oh, Freddy versus Jason. Jeez, Oh, spoiler, didn't hold up for me. Thanks for coming, guys. I'll see you next time. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Uh. It's tough. I don't like laughing when I record with you anymore because I don't trust what you'll do in the editing. So it's really, uh, it puts me in a little bit of a pickle. It's the spooky season. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. No, you'll be fine next time. You'll be fine. Just don't laugh. <laughs> Just in case. Just don't laugh. Uh, all right, okay. Well, you know, let's jump in, you know, a, a bit of a preamble and stuff. Film vloggers, there's no, there's no fancy intro. So no theme song, no nothing. I did actually have an idea of maybe starting the show with, inspired by you actually, Dan, now... Let's start the show. Dramatic pause. Shall we? Yeah. What do you think of that? That's, yeah? that's great. I, I would be honored if you would take some inspiration from me. If we continue with Sopranos Redefined, we should. I'd like to have you setting me up with and the very talented Ben Davis. <laughs> yeah, but see, the reason I do that is because my other co-host is, is very talented. Oh. And you're just this guy I, I met online. It's a big difference, yeah, man. Um, big difference. I'm not that talented, but... You know, I was going to say here... It would be nice if you did, you know, just because I asked nicely, but... Like, this is, I think, back-to-back weekends recording with the three of us. I mean, is this uh, is this going to turn into, you got to flog this schlock? I mean, what are we what are we doing here? I don't know. It's a bit of a habit, guys. <laughs> yeah, no complaints. No, no complaints at all. Possibly, yeah. That is Lindsay, by the way, from Slock and All. Hello, Lindsay. Nice to see you again. Hello. <laughs> Nice to see you. Yes, very, very honoured to be on the vlog. So, uh, finally got here. 
Yes, no, long overdue, long overdue. I've I've been pretty useless when it comes to guests, to be honest. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Up until recently, with this 31 Day stuff, I've managed to get a few on, including Mr. Mackles here. I have overall been quite useless with, with getting guests on. I think I've been on your show three times now, no, Lindsay, with, with Dan. We recently, me and him came on together. Yeah, we know. You just came on together to talk about uh, The Exorcist. Uh, oh, God, what was it? I only just posted it yesterday. Wicker Man and Wicker Man Texas. and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it was uh, three biggies. This is not one of those. No, no, no. no. Uh, though, funnily, I've seen, the, I've seen this movie more than those other three put together for some reason, but uh, definitely oh, not one of those. Interesting. This is on the uh, the slock side. Maybe not for everyone, yes. but oh, hang on a minute. I've got bloody Tom ringing me. Let me just decline that. Oh, <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> That'd be in the audio. Great. Thanks, Tom. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Lindsay, just before we start, thanks for having me and Dan on for your 50th as well. I did feel quite bad that me and Dan Mackles were... <laughs> were the chosen guys to come on for the 50th. Well, to be fair, it was a happy accident, it was an accident. to say that. <laughs> right, yes, yes, yes. Not a welcome one. That's a nice way of saying if I could have planned it, it wouldn't have been you two. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. Maybe not you, Dan, but, you know, come on. So me and Dan, record the other day we recorded Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. The Dream oh, Child. Yes, so, yes. Yes, yes. So we, we recorded that just as a warm-up for this. Um, what a warm-up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, it was it's fun. It was fun enough. It's fun. No, Practical I, I and kills were good. I'll take that. I, I don't actually mind five. Yeah, five is actually kind of fun because in the womb, you're always asleep. Um, so it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like we talked about on that episode, and we can get into it when we start breaking this down, I think... Um, despite all of its flaws in five, good ideas. There were things there that they could have um, maybe in better hands uh, fleshed out a little bit more. And I think that it holds true for Freddy versus Jason here. A lot of good ideas, but then I think there was way too many missteps and we can break that down as we go through. Oh, that's uh, absolutely true. And more time. I mean, generally the Freddy and Jason movies aren't exactly known for giving these guys time to be made they usually i think number five was like uh, i could be wrong was like written in like two weeks or one week or something it's um and that yeah yeah if they these ones had such a high turnaround because they had to constantly crank them out that um yeah they were just like right we're making another one let's go and everyone's just like are you talking about five five yeah this one i think had a little bit more time but it feels okay like it yeah right 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 weekend <laughs> Well, because it was in it was in development hell for a decade. Because yeah. I think after I think after uh, Jason takes Vancouver, as Ben likes to refer to it as, uh, Paramount let it, the rights go to New Line Cinema, and New Line yes. Cinema was trying. Now they had the rights to both Freddie and Jason, and they were just struggling to get. I don't know if it was the right script, the, the the all the proper parties involved, but you'd think after that much time, I mean, it's tough, because I don't know what you want from this film, but at the same time, there were many things I saw in it that I'm like, definitely not that. So it's, it's, it's hard to figure out how to do this right, you know? Really, there's been a lot of sort of 
different alternative scripts leaked online. And then every time I look at them, I'm like, mm, actually, was this the best version we actually got of this? Um, I know at one stage it was meant to be Jason, Freddy versus Ash, which would have been um, interesting. But um, yeah, it's you look at this and you're like going, this had a lot of planning, but I don't quite know how you got to this point. But um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating, I think I find this more f- I've seen this movie a lot, but I find it really fascinating because I'm just like going, there are some things I do really like and then other things I'm like going, that wasn't the best choice. Exactly. Well, Ben, I mean, I don't know if you've got this in the show, but when we were getting set up, you said spoilers. Uh, it, it didn't hold up for you. When was the first time you saw this? And what did you think about it like on your original viewing back when? I'm a reasonably big fan of, of Freddy and Jason, so... I guess the idea of them coming together and them battling to the death, it was quite exciting. And, and 13-year-old me would have probably had a good time. I've seen it a few times. I know I've seen it a good few times, but not for, I don't know, probably probably about a decade, maybe. My biggest thing with this film is I just feel like it takes some of the worst elements from both franchises and puts them in as main plot points. Are you referring to are you referring to stuff like the the backstory with uh Laurie's dad? Did he kill her mom and well, is actually well, yeah, like that, that stuff but, was just like yeah. what are we doing here? Like nobody gives a shit about this. You're trying to give more depth to these disposable characters which nobody really cares about. We want to see the stars, right? I think I moaned about the exposition dump in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five about how oh, the characters have to sit down and, and discuss. You know, like come on. We know who Freddie and Jason are. I know who these people are. I know where they come from. I know Freddie's backstory. I don't want to hear it again. But to be honest, is is a Friday the 13th movie a Friday the 13th movie without 20 minutes of flashback? And is a Elm Street, <laughs> a Elm Street movie without an exposition dump of how of what actually happened to Freddie? These happen in every single movie. It's kind of like, if it didn't have it, I would be like, wait, what? You're just jumping into the story? This is weird. No, true. And, and again... <laughs> This is this is I think the number one thing. I watched it yesterday. I I smiled through it. I'm like this is this is kind of garbage, but at the same time it gives us some um, quite a few I would say set pieces that you remember the movie for. But this was a fan service film. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, if that's a fan service film, the decision to not cast Kane Hodder was such a bad choice because i understand there was some uh concerns the director ronnie Yu, who apparently was not a, a big fan of the uh of the two franchises he thought well i have a specific idea in mind of um i, I want there to be a big difference in height between the two because i think kane hodder's not that much bigger than robert england which is fine but that's who i don't know about you Lindsay and ben like i, I think of kane hodder when i think of jason so why they didn't you know do whatever they could to get him in the film, I think was a huge flaw. Yes. Even though, weirdly, I don't love the films Kane is in. Um, oh, it's actually, I like, because I do actually weirdly like Jason Goes to Hell. But um, but he is actually what I think of when I think of um, I know, it's a weird so mix, ha- right? Like, those in. movies aren't that great. Yeah, it's a weird mix. It's like... But that's Jason, right? Yeah. Seven and eight, that's my... It's not definitely not my Jason, but at the same time, I'm like, Kane Hot is kind of Jason. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because you are getting Freddie back, uh, sorry, Robert England back, because you can't apparently not have him as, as, um, as, as Freddie. So I'm going to, I'm going to mix up the names at some point. Um, and. Yeah, just don't worry about it, <laughs> no, you're on film vloggers, don't worry about it, Christ. 
best of as much as you want. Um, no, yeah, it, it's going to be, um, yeah, it was just like, really? You didn't get hotter? He's just standing over there waving. We're like, yeah. I want to come in. Yeah. I want to put the mask on again. What's going on? <laughs> I think he was actually hurt by that. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was very uh, put off by it. And I think, um, I mean, nothing wrong against, I think, what's his name? Ken Kurzinger? Uh, I think that was the guy who took over the yeah. uh, the role. I just found, like, I found that Jason kind of dopey, right? Like, he was... He is a bit dopey, yes. <laughs> is that not the whole thing with this film? Is that we're, in some ways, meant to feel sorry for Jason? We have the flashback of, later on, you know, sort of jumping ahead of him dragging another body to... Well, which looks quite good, visually. Like, I quite like that. It wasn't too bad. Uh, that's Bunsen Lake in the greater yeah. Vancouver area oh, yes, where yes, I hike quite Vancouver. a bit. So <laughs> I've got another little connection to this film. Oh, so do you go into Jason's hut and play the ukulele with Actually, him? the hut's not there anymore, but I have hiked around that area. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty so cool. This obsession with Friday the 13th and, and Vancouver's location is just enough. <laughs> But the idea that we go and you go into this house and he opens the cupboard and the door and all these bodies are floating. One, we're meant to feel sorry for Jason and we get a bit of backstory with him as a child, which we've never really got before, I don't think. I think we've had shots in previous films where we've seen him drown, but we've never had the build up and the kids bullying him and pushing him in and the the campers. Yes. And they're not watching, watching as, as old Betsy Palmer said, oh, they weren't watching him when he drowned. They were very clearly watching him. (laughs) (laughs) What this film does is present the idea that Jason is somehow an unwitting participant in this merciless slaughter that he's been a part of. And it's his mother, the memory of his mother or the ghost or whatever she is, whispering in his ear, telling him to kill. And now Freddy's assumed the role of Mrs. Voorhees. He's got a head so he can control Jason and now he's getting him to do the slaughtering once again. Are we meant to feel almost sorry for Jason in some ways? He's portrayed as quite a sympathetic character, which is uh, interesting, I guess. Yeah, he's the hero. He's the one you're kind of rooting for because uh, Freddy is ultra dick in, in this one more so than usual. Um, so yeah, no, you're kind of rooting for Jason in this movie, which um, is kind of weird because I'm like, He's still going to stab you with his machete. That's not going to stop. It's, um, I get that he's cursed, but this, yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, I like, I don't know. Maybe I like, just like my Jason as the villain, not as the, um, as the hero. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's tough because, um, no matter who was wearing the mask, whether it was Hodder or Kurzinger, um, you're going to be at a deficit in the charisma category up against Robert England as Freddy. Oh, God, yeah. So, I mean, I can understand why they went that way. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was an interesting take. But again, like the flaws when you were talking about that scene of showing the uh the tortured young Jason being tossed into the water, those were great scenes. Those were great scenes seeing Freddy drag him down and then that's cut with them trying to keep Jason alive in the real world. And then when they wake him up, I love that shot of, I guess it goes like almost all, all like red tint or red filter and seeing Freddy just pulled out of the water uh, up onto the dock in Bunsen Lake, by the way, where I live. Um, (laughs) I mean, scenes like that were so fantastic, which is the hard kind of balance with this movie. Wouldn't you guys say? 
Yes, every single time it's Freddy versus Jason, I'm all in, even when they are being cartoons. And then you have to go back to sort of the plot, and there's so much plot in this movie. It's just too much. Like plot sucks. Yeah, like why would you? Yeah, why would you um, give someone mouth to mouth who's spitting out water? I've never understood that. I mean, it's just this kind of that. Wouldn't you just turn him on his side, make it a little bit? I don't know. It's, it's well, so I mean, Lindsay, not know what they're doing. To be fair, does that seem like the smartest collection of individuals ever put together in the back of a van? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. that was that, that was another <laughs> that was another thing with this movie, like. The acting, and again, I think, Lindsay, you and I have talked about it when I was um, on Schlock and Awe talking Jason 6. Um, ben, I don't know if you and I had touched on it, but I mean, we don't expect Oscar caliber performances from people in these movies. But like, they were so unlikable, other than maybe the guy who played Linderman, who was, uh, oh God, what was his name? I wrote it down here somewhere, but uh, Chris Marquette. I like yeah, him because he, he was yeah. in Fanboys, and I love that movie. And then maybe the the low rent Jason Mewes guy was was okay, but I mean, couldn't they have just got Jason <laughs> Mewes? Like he probably wasn't that busy at the time. But oh, this is so two thousand three. I mean, just to have the fact that he looks like Jason Mewes, and just I just like going, could these? Yeah, it's God, it's so two thousand three. Um, the rave and the friggin' yeah, no. Um, I do really like uh, uh Christy Christine's uh, Isabel's character. I think uh, just because is that Laurie. Uh, no, that's a best friend. That's the friend who unfortunately oh, gets the- murdered by Freddie and Jason. And then, yeah. In the, in the oh, but field. that's another great scene. Yeah, no, sorry. And it's ahead. a great scene. It's a great scene. No, it's a great scene. I That's a character I like just because it's just, she's so drunk and so sad. And um, just a little facial expressions I do tend to love. Um, but yeah, the characters aren't that likable. Like every single time Kelly Rowland's on screen, even though Oof. I grew up with Destiny's Child, I'm just like, Oh, that's not the best. <laughs> she's, she's, she, I mean, again, like this, this movie Everyone's has moments. Everyone's trying to top each other. Yeah. It, this movie yeah. definitely has moments. Yeah. But even that first kill, which is great, you know, Jason stabs the guy repeatedly and folds him up. And then there's a wonderful little beat of when she comes out, sees him, they all run out into the street and the cop rolls up and he's like, uh, do you kids need some assistance? As they're all hysterical and she's covered in blood. It's like, what did you think? You know, like that was, that was, that was all right. I didn't mind that, that, uh, that beat. No, I didn't mind that beat either. It's very funny. Yeah. I think the opener of the film in general is quite good. I like the idea that we see Robert England in his human form before he became Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Freddy 4, 5, and 6, he started to transition over to the jokey Freddy. And straight away, we get rid of that. Even in the original Freddy films, we don't ever get the fact that he actually was a child molester. You don't see it like this. No. No, you don't. Him looking at the photo and... We don't see him kill the kid. But you don't need to. The way they shot is very... That's the way to go. I like how we've gone back to like this is like the real Freddy Krueger, and he's not he's not really cracking that many jokes in this film as such. He's he's doing his old bitch. He's obsessed with saying the word bitch, which is a bit which is a bit of a shame. Welcome to my world, bitch. It's like okay, Fred. Yeah, he says it way too much. Yeah, there's a th- moment I thought he wasn't going to say it after Welcome to My World, and then he pauses, and I'm like, oh, he's not going to say it. Then bitch, I'm like, oh, there it is, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did you guys find Robert England's performance as Freddy? I have to admit that I wasn't completely sold on it initially i think it definitely grew on me as the film went on and maybe that was because in some ways he's not the main character for the first bit of the film he is in the sense that he's leading the charge and he's the one manipulating jason and 
But Jason's the one who's getting the screen time in terms of all the kills and he's the one having fun, like Freddie says. So maybe as the film grows and as Freddie regains his strength, that, for me, led to Freddie becoming a bit more interesting and some of the jokes were coming out. And yeah, some of them didn't land again, but, you know, there was a few good ones in there. I guess that was, in some ways, that was quite a clever way of having the two characters become quite prominent on screen. So as we talked about how charismatic Rob Englund is as Freddy, that didn't overshadow Jason. So it gave Jason a good amount of screen time as well before Freddy came into full effect. Yeah, in a way he is kind of the lead because he's the one kind of pushing all the action. Like he's the one, no one remembers him. Apparently you've got teenagers locked up in an asylum who aren't dreaming. So he doesn't have his power. So he's kind of the one that sort of starts everything. I mean, he brings Jason back um, and he sort of does all this stuff so he can um, come back and do his Freddy thing. So he kind of, yeah, he kind of feels the lead in that respect. Robert England looks like he's having a blast in this movie. He really looks like he's having fun. Like you compare this to what we saw in Five. I mean, he he looks in top-notch form. Sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, It looks like he's just... He's back. He's gleeful. He's um, there are some really great scenes. Like I love the one when him and Jason are fighting over um, Catherine Isabel in the in the in the oh, dream great. boiler room. It's so and they're just his annoyance when he realizes, oh wait, Jason's just going to keep killing. God damn it! Um, yeah, and she's it's, mine. She's mine. And then it's and then even though it's ad- insult to injury, what happens from <laughs> friggin' that woman in the cornfield. But yeah, it's kind of, um, oh, he's, yeah. he's kind of the driving force behind it. And he's kind of the one that everyone has to defeat. So it's kind of, Jason's more of the tool to be used, um, where there's, it's kind of more of a Freddy movie, I think, in a way, weird way, even though it's got Jason run, running around. I think that's fair. And I mean, again, it's, it's uh, I keep getting back to the same point, was there was wonderful moments in this. And like you touched on it, Ben, with the way they started reintroducing Freddy, you know, pre-getting incinerated by the families of, of Elm Street. That's awesome. That introduction to Jason. Um, I remember we talked about it when we were on your show, um, was that introduction of Leatherface, like one of the greatest introductions of a, you know, thematic serial slasher yes. uh, character he just that scene of jason yeah. yeah that scene of jason like that thump thump kind of coming out of the woods i was like that's fantastic what a great start and what a great premise with i need to remind the children of elm street to get my power back that's all great and then they have just absolute stubbing their toe moments like after the initial kill you know what gag i hate i think it's the stupidest gag is um so you've got that one guy that was at the party um, in the beginning. You know, he survives. He has that little spat with his dad on the porch. And he's like, one of my friends just died, dad. Just give me a break. And then he goes into that dream and Freddy tries. And I hated this scene because it was so cool how Freddy was taunting him. He comes up with as a big shadow, tries to stab him and it doesn't work. And then the guy's just like, I'm okay. <laughs> what? Like, like, what the fuck? Like, like, was that ADR or whatever? It's like, it like, yeah, no, we can see you're okay, right? He's just like, oh, I'm okay. And then he wakes up, and that stupid trope of you see somebody sitting beside him, he gives him a nudge and the head falls off. I hate that fucking gag. It's so dumb. It doesn't work. It's it's like, ah, it's dumb. And he's, well, he's not okay. I don't know. I just, you would have scenes like that, which were just like, come on, guys. 
They did that a lot. It was um, that found like an that kind of felt like a reshoot or insert. And when he goes, "I'm okay," it's like that. What <laughs> makes no sense? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a bit of a shame because if you juxtapose that next to the um, the first killing of um, oh, what was his name? Trey? Is it Trey? Babe, hey, don't make me ask you twice, babe. Babe. Oh man, I, I pictured that Ben. Is that? Do you use some of those lines when you're out there? Uh, <laughs> your courting skills there. Or? More or more, you'd be more of the guys like so. When do I get the grand tour? Eh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I picked up Fiona using the book of Trey. But the whole setup there with those two, it's very cliche, isn't it? It's very early two thousands. Well, not even that actually. It's just one of the young, pretty high schoolers will go out with the douchey captain of the football team who's a bit older. All this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, I've seen this before, right? He's got a nice butt, he's apparently. That is the, yeah, that oh, that's the exact right, yeah. reason, and apparently he brings beer, so I think that that's pretty much the reason yeah. why they're together. There's no point getting too bogged down with these characters, because they're always, if you go through each franchise, like a lot of the characters are, are pretty one-dimensional. They're not great. I just think with this film in particular, the dialogue is so horrendous. I think that's why it's so jarring. You can, you can accept bad characters in these sort of films, because they're, they're just, on the whole, apart from the final girl... Most of them are just cannon fodder, aren't they? So you can accept them just coming out with rubbish. And you're like, oh, God, what are they doing? And making stupid decisions. You're like, why would you go in there? Why are you going off on your own? What are you doing? That's fine. You've seen that like a hundred times. It's just the dialogue in this film is so jarring. That was what I was struggling with the most. Not even like Freddie Jason. They were doing good stuff overall. Some bits didn't work. But every time you spent any time with these characters and each time a character came in, we had to then explain to that character what was going on and about, oh, Freddie's here, Jason's here. Yeah, there wasn't even jokes sort of flying around the place that was like, oh, that's so shit that it's kind of funny. It was just, no, that's that's just shit. That's rubbish. Like when, when I was watching it yesterday, like when they would have those, you know, uh, I don't know, like powwow sessions when they'd sit around and, you know, like Freddie Fire, Jason Water, how can you? I was I was like, I think, oh, my good God. I think I'm going to do the dishes. I, I don't think I need to sit through this part again because it was just so bad. And then go ahead, Linz. I was going to say, oh, you mean you don't like the genius of... What, uh, Freddy died by fire, Jason by water. How can we use that? I mean, come on. <laughs> Laurie as a as the so-called final girl, oh, for me, I, I thought she was rubbish. She wasn't good. Because the whole thing of a final girl is that they have like a, as they progress through the film, that they start becoming more confident and they start becoming more powerful and start making decisions. And bar her at the end going, oh, I'm going to go in and grab Freddy. I was like, oh, that. No. That's not saying yeah, for but me ben, at all. Like you have to do that because ben, you're, you're the final girl. What about that scene of her charging out of the cabin with those two lit pieces of fi- uh, firewood? Oh, yeah. Like that was. I mean, it, are you going to get a more heroic shot? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, she just looked ridiculous and slow. What mom, was with the like, propane tanks in uh, in Camp Crystal Lake? It's like an empty, abandoned camp, and there's just <laughs> there's just like a construction site. There's propane tanks. It looks What's like happening? they were building it up. It looks like it's going to be new condos and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. yeah. I could okay. sort of see oh, it. They've finally that. gotten rid of uh, clearly not spoken the the uh, Jason's name for four years. So they were able to like, oh, we can just like build condos on this place. Now we don't have to worry about it. Which, by the way, I would watch a Jason going through an apartment building going, why have you built an apartment building over my camp? <laughs> ah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, now you've put an idea in someone's head, <laughs> Lindsay. 
<laughs> That's the next Friday the 13th sequel. Jason takes a condo. Oh, yes. and Yes, exactly. Well, the housing market here is shit, so we could ha- we could handle uh, having a little bit of depreciated oh, property value. Right, no more Friday the 13th in Vancouver, for Christ's sake. Oh, no man, more. It's our bread and butter. Refuse. <laughs> I think we touched on it before. Like, I, I did like the um, bits and pieces of the rave scene where, because we get the we get the double kill of, of Freddie and Jason trying to take out that that one girl. I mean, it was kind of was kind of gross. Like the the guy trying to take advantage of you her didn't need that on top of it. Um, I don't know, but it just sort of seems so they could have Jason do a double spear, which he loves to do. Um, but it just kind of seemed, yeah, it was kind of gross. Um, but at the same time it brought, Dan keeps mentioning, um, uh, Vancouver, um, going to raves and, and farms in New Zealand <laughs> back in the early 2000s. Um, they're just like, yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Um, except with all the, without the other stuff, but it, no, the scene with him coming out of the cornfield with, on fire with a flaming sword is kind of a cool image. And that overhead shot, yeah, uh, where you see him chasing, chasing the guy. I thought, I thought that was great. But you immediately follow that up, like what a massacre! And then they're all piled in the van, driving <laughs> off, and like we should call the cops. No, we shouldn't call the cops. We should call, just, me tomorrow, call me tomorrow, just to check in. Yeah. Like that seems such a weird what? moment. You've just had this massive horrific night, and you're just like, oh, I'm going home. Bye, guys. <laughs> and then, and then they had to have that beat in there. It's like, oh. I can't believe I can't remember her name, but can't believe she's gone. I know. I'll text you later. Fuck <laughs> <Like>, off, <laughs> right? Well, the whole thing's just crazy. I know they're teenagers, and you know, they're just they're young, they're silly. They just want to just you know go out and party and get over the the traumatic event they've just been through. But yeah, I think the whole thing's just stupid, isn't it? And look, that Jason kill when he's on fire and stuff. I think that's okay. It's a pretty cool effect. You know, that someone was actually on fire. Yeah, fair enough. That For was quite right. a long time. <laughs> That was pretty good. I think the, like he twists one of the head all the way around. I don't know why that needs to be CG. Can we not just have that as a practical head? It was just like, oh no, come on. I'm not going to lie. I thought of a Ben a lot while watching this this time because of the CG. And I was just like going, oh, Ben and the CG in this movie is just kind of bad. Especially the caterpillar. Got your nose. (laughs) Oh, geez. What's just really frustrating is because both series were renowned for really good practical effects. However shit the films may have got in both series, the practical effects have, have stayed pretty consistent. I think that maybe the final Freddy, there's there's all sorts of like CGI horribleness. I did read that they did try and keep it practical as much as possible, but and, and apparently some of the scenes just didn't didn't work practically, so they had to add a bit of CG. But it's also it's 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 two thousand struggle with that. But. Three. This is when you know. Well, yeah. Th- this is the time of the Star Wars prequels and and all. Like, yeah, look what we can do, right? So, well, hang on. Did you not enjoy the CGI from the Phantom Menace? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's the only CGI I've, I've actually ever enjoyed in cinema. Let's get back. What about Jar Jar Binks? I thought he looked great. Hey, no, we're not doing Star Wars now. It's not, it's not Star Wars. Episode. I was going to say, do oh, you okay, want to be sorry. here for another five hours while we go break down every single move? Exactly. But the, the kill, the kill with Jason when he kills that the the globe stick rapist when he gets rid of him, I think that would have been better if, if he'd have dispatched him and then the girl she came to and sort of went, oh, thanks, Jason, because you know Jason's kind of playing a yeah. good guy in a way. And then he dispatched her as well. Yes. She thought that he'd saved her. She was like, oh, thanks, Jason. I don't know what's happening. Thanks for that. And he just then gets his own flips her as well. I was like, oh, all right. No, no that's still Jason Voorhees. He's still pretty horrible. Yeah, but I mean, 
I mean, despite all the many, many flaws, I think the what we were all here for was that last act. And and that and that battle royal between the two of them, as cheesy as it may have been in some areas, I was all for it. I thought it was fantastic. It was so much fun. I mean, that was just my take on it. No, when seeing those two kind of about to go for each other in the cabin, it's, I'm just like, yeah, this is why I'm here. This is why I keep coming back to this dumb movie. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, this is it. It's watching these two guys battle it out. And yeah, some of it got really cheesy, especially in the construction site. But but great, though. So good. That's so great. <laughs> I love it when Freddy's uh, getting back to Star Wars, having a high ground. And he uh, <laughs> drops all those – he drops all those uh, – pieces of rebar and they just all get stuck in Jason. Yeah. And then he tries to push the the trolley down the track and it gets stuck and he's like, oh, I mean, that's, that's fucking great. And you want to talk about practical, how much of that budget went to fake blood just pouring out of Jason, pouring out of Freddy. And it was fantastic. There's so much squibs in this movie. That was pretty cool. There was a lot of squibs in this movie. Yeah, that, that stuff was good. I struggled a little bit with the fact of them fighting hand-to-hand because I guess, like, what could they do? Because, yeah, there was obviously a size difference and and Freddy's not, he's not hand-to-hand, guys. I know, I know he's got the glove, but, you know, I guess the contrast between the two and you've got one slow and marauding guy with a machete and Freddy's like, he's very agile and he's very quick. He's and- dropping elbows like it was like, you know, 1980s WWF. It was great. He was really going for it. I mean, yes, he didn't. He's not exactly known for the, the same sort of fighting style. But yeah, you had these two very specific different fighting styles. And it did look really cool on screen to watch. I don't know. That's it's um that. Yeah, Dan's right. That's why you go to this movie is because of that final act. I mean, you put up with a whole bunch of shite and then you get garbage to, and then you get to that and you're like, Oh yes, this is why I'm here. This I, I enjoy this part. I guess that's the um Ronnie Yu, the director. I guess his his influence. I don't know a great deal about Ronnie. Even though I've seen a few of his films, I haven't really seen a lot of his eighties and nineties martial arts films. My first experience with him would have been Bride of Chucky. Which, by the way, much better movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, Bride of Chucky. It was the first one of the Charles play series to kind of go into the self-parody. It was taking the mick out of itself and it wasn't as serious as the first three. But no, I remember that being quite good, actually. I quite like that. But he seems to have quite a varied career in terms of he's done these two horror films and he's done a couple more. And he, I think the last one I would have seen from him would have been Fearless with Jet Lee. That's a pretty good one. Oh, I haven't seen that in ages. I didn't realise that was a uh, run of you. Yeah, no, nor did I. I. I was looking earlier on and I was just sort of having a look at his filmography and I, yeah, Fearless, which is, yeah, really, really good. But I'm guessing in terms of, you know, for example, when Freddie, Dan, you mentioned it, when he jumps out of the lake, that whole scene. I know it's, yeah, it's a different film. It's Freddie versus Jason. Let's try some new stuff. But, you know, we've never seen Freddie flying through the air if we as such. I quite like the, the devil, dark red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That looked pretty cool. We touched upon it down in, in five where it was like he was wearing a mask. And I don't think that's the point with Freddy. Didn't look good. Well, yeah, Freddy, uh, Freddy Five, they uh, they probably gave about like a hundred dollars for the for the makeup budget and went, there there you go. <laughs> and then there's just to wear a mask. And this one you can tell it's actually the burns have been, a, yeah, I prefer the makeup in, in Freddy versus Jason because you can tell the makeup's actually been applied. He's not just wearing like a, a mask. Yeah, he, he looked terrible in that. I mean... I don't know what else we can say about this film other than, is it good? Fuck no. Does it fall into the category of so bad it's good? Maybe. But yet those kind of those kind of films are, you're laughing at it the whole time where I'm not laughing at this movie. I, I There's just parts where I'm like, I don't want to see it. 
just give me the set pieces. Give me, give me the pieces that, uh, you know, I paid my money to go, to go see. And like that final battle and that final shot, you know, I actually, I I like it where I think they both fall into the water and then you've got, uh, I can't remember the character, Lori, and I can't remember John Ritter's kid's character's name. They're sitting there on the bench and then you, you get that great shot of, you think it's Jason because he's holding on to the machete and, you know, it's, it's kind of pacing like Jason would. And it's actually Freddie there to finish them off. And then Jason gives the heroic, shoots him through the uh, chest with his glove. That's great, right? And then and then the final shot of this film, right? I oh, mean, he's walking with the head. Yes, yeah. It's um, no. I think those are the moments. I don't think it's so bad. It's good. I think it has definite moments of of that. Like for some reason, I am always um, perplexed, but kind of giggling at that stupid um, dope, uh, marijuana caterpillar. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's just like, what is that? That is the ugliest thing I've ever ever seen um, on film. But at the same time, when you get those shots at the end of the movie, that's when I'm kind of on board for this. I mean, there, yes, there are some ways, for some reason, there's a way that running you keep shooting um, Monica Kina, who's the final girl, um, Laurie, um, boobs throughout the movie that I get very upset by because she's not, mm-hmm. she's always either wet, her boobs are kind of up by her chin, or they're kind of, I don't know, there's something about it, I'm just like, can that not be the focus right now? Um, but at the same yeah, time, yeah. I, I, I kind of go, well, that's, we're in Freddy versus Jason world. This is what's happening. But um, yeah, the, those those final moments when it's just those two guys duking it out. That's I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm here. Give me more of this. Did anybody write down the the budget and the box office for this? Because it was it was successful, was it not? It, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the highest grossing of both franchises, either one of their standalone films. And my question is, is like. Obviously, like here we are, you know, how many years later still talking about it? I think it still has a presence in the zeitgeist of these movies. I don't know why, especially now with team ups being such a big thing and crossovers, give us another one. Like, I'll take a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I, I remember there was one deleted scene, um, not sorry, not deleted scene, but a scripted scene where after their big battle, they were supposed to walk into hell. And Pinhead was to walk out and say, you know, gentlemen, what seems to be the problem here? It's like, give, fuck, just just give us all that shit, man. I mean, we'll, we'll go see it. I'll, I'll go see a modern House of Frankenstein. Um, actually, to answer your question, the budget of the movie was $30 million. And it made okay. 116 million worldwide. I think that's worldwide. That's according to Wikipedia. So yes, this thing made money, and I definitely went and gave some of my money to that because I went and saw it at the movies this one. I was there opening day at uh, a very yeah. empty theater. <laughs> <laughs> I was there like on a Saturday afternoon in a half full theater. It was one of those strange kind of ones. I'm like, yeah, come on, guys, we'll go see Freddy versus Jason. And I don't think I was forgiven after that. But um, <laughs> yeah, they can't to make a Friday the Thirteenth movie at the moment because of rights issues. Well, didn't they get that sorted out? I thought that there was oh, some they? sort of lawsuit yeah. that was, um, I can't remember. I think it was the original writer. Uh, and the problem was he was like, well, I was just paid to write this script. And then, you know, that was it. I, I, I left it alone. And then it became this huge franchise. And the argument was, okay, sure, you wrote the original script, but what the character became, you had nothing to do with. Like, yeah, Jason wasn't even in the first one and there was no hockey mask. So there was all sorts of, who deserves what type thing. And I, I thought something got resolved. Yeah. And I, 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 okay. I think it was the rights to, I think it was the rights to Friday the 13th. Because if you notice, I think everything that comes after 
is Jason. Jason takes- they didn't have the rights, yeah. Yeah, it's Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, except for they did do a Friday the 13th for the remake, right? They came together like Sony and Disney to make the Friday the 13th remake. And then I thought then something yeah. happened and they weren't going to do it again because they've been trying to make another Jason movie for since 2009. Um, and it just hasn't happened. I like the remake. Yeah, I like the remake as well. It's it's. Um, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Jason being that organized in 09. Like he's, he's very um, – He's got he's got like bunkers and kind of things like that. I'm just like mm, he's a bit too organized for me. But um, no, I generally like that. I generally like it. <laughs> I get it, but I think it was also kind of like um, trying to make sense out of the the bonkers mythology of everything that came before. It's yes. like wait a minute, did he drown? Did he not drown? Right? Like I think they were trying to maybe this is back when they're trying to ground everything in reality. Yes, it was. Right? It was trying and, to ground Jason in reality. I'm like, no, no, no. I like him as being some weird demon that keeps come walking out of a lake every time a teenage couple has sex. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, yeah, exactly. I don't want him to be some lone woodsman who's kind of creating his own mythology. But that is a nitpick Fair of enough. someone who likes these movies far too much. <laughs> I think that's my issue with the Kane Hodder stuff. I don't mind Kane Hodder as Jason as such, but... I think for him, unfortunately, I think he was in just the bunch that were the worst films. But as you said, Lindsay, it wasn't Kane Hodder's fault. I think he was doing a decent job, but it's just the ones he were in were pretty bad and had crossed over to this supernatural Jason. So I guess for the remake, I didn't mind as such going back to the human Jason again. Yeah, I'm kind of on board with you, Lindsay, in terms of he was a little bit too organized and maybe that didn't work all the way through but i did like the fact that we went back to this idea that there was just this kid who was left alone in the woods for his whole life rather than just like he's they find a way to get him back in camp crystal lake down to the depth of the water and then part eight oh electrical wire comes oh he's back again brilliant how exciting now we're going to vancouver great <laughs> jason really does vancouver though to be fair <laughs> i mean he bought property there <laughs> My biggest problem with this film is is just the two elements that I think are the weakest for both Freddy and Jason. So Freddy, anytime he leaves the the nightmare world, which I, I know is the point because that's how you try and fight Freddy. You take him out and bring him into the real world. And this whole idea about how Jason's weakness is water doesn't make any fucking sense. No. The guy swam to fucking Vancouver for Christ's sake. Hey, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. This whole this whole thing. Every time they get, and I get it. You know, you have to try and you have to try and weaken Jason somehow, right? And then we get the bloody kid version of Jason again, which oh, uh, I, I just hate seeing that kid. I, yeah, I'm not a oh fan of kid God. Jason. I'm just like oh, do oh we, no. Yeah, these. I agree with that. I mean, Jason being scared of water doesn't exactly make sense um even no. though it's a big part of his mythology but it's kind of it's like yeah it's like what you just did it's kind of eh, well he did die by water but it's an either or situation but he spends half his time in water yeah. that's the only thing it's like well <laughs> he should be quite comfortable by now <laughs> yes he should yes, be <laughs> yes it's more the kid isn't it it's more i guess that's kind of interesting the idea of, of having this kid jason and freddy krueger the the child molester sort of torturing Ugh, yeah. the kid and stuff. I guess, you know, I guess you want to look at it that way. Something I mean, a bit kind of grim about thing. that. It does, I get the saying, but it's kind of the weaker, yes, because I agree, because you're going back to sort of more of your jokey, um, your jokey Freddy. But I think at the same time, it's it's the weakest elements of each character, um, but with really good ideas thrown in there. Like Dan keeps saying, yeah, there's some really good set pieces, really good um, ideas, but it's just the execution. And I think that's it with a lot of this this movie. I think this is more of an action movie when I don't think it yeah. needed to 
be necessarily. I mean, yeah, I love the ending, so I'm not sort of saying that, but I think the whole movie is more, because it's Ronnie You, it's more action. And I think it's it kind of loses the horror in some respects because of it. And that's because maybe Ronnie Yu's just not that interested in the horror of it. It would be interesting to see them take another another go at mm. this um, with, uh, you know, pardon the pun, take the schlock out of it. Yes. But I don't know if you can take the schlock out of a premise like this. Right? I don't think you can either. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How do you actually make a movie like this and make it scary. work? Yeah, scary. I don't think yeah, you... Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's... Because I don't know if it... Well, actually, no, because I was terrified of Jason as a kid. But um, watching them now, I'm like going, was Freddy ever... Uh, was Jason ever scary? And then I watched, say, part two. I'm like, oh, no, he was. Baghead Jason's friggin' terrifying. And then you watch, oh, Freddy was never scary. Oh, you watched one? Yeah, he was terrifying. So it's kind of, there's a way of doing it, but I don't know if doing it together would work because it is literally yeah, kind tough. of, yeah. So it's kind of one of those, you can do it, but can you do it kind of things. And I'm yeah. still going to friggin' watch this movie like six more times. So I don't know what I'm <laughs> And that's the thing too, right? Like, uh, like, like again, we touched on it, Ben. You're like, this didn't hold up. I will unabashedly watch this again if I've got nothing going on. I'm puttering. I want to throw something on in the background. I'll 100 percent throw Freddy versus Jason on because mm. for even though it didn't deliver, it kind of delivered. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, ben, what is actually your go-to kind of Freddy movie or Jason movie if you're just going something on in the background? Do you have one or? I was going to ask you guys the same question. Um, with each franchise, you know, with Jason and Freddy and, and Halloween and whatever child's play, it will differ. You know, for Freddy, I would maybe say the third one. Uh, it's it's difficult to look too far for me away from the originals of both because they're so well done. Gun to the head. I think I would probably go for Freddy 3 and then, because I rewatched it recently, Friday the 13th Part 4 or the final part. You know, you ask me again next week and then I may say, oh, do you know what? The original Nightmare on Elm Street is, is always the one for me. And and Jason-wise, either four or the original. It changes, I think, for me overall. What about yourself? I think I touched on it when Ben and I were talking about Friday. Sorry, not Friday. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Um, I mean, what can you say about the first one? Freddy's my guy. Like, Freddy was the franchise that I gravitated towards. I I remember my first introduction to the guy was my brother who was eight years older than me coming home and telling me about the movie and explaining what uh what took place and having those images stuck in my head uh scared me before i had even seen any of the films and uh so yeah everything that happened from the first one to the fourth one i love all of them five and on it gets uh it gets messy but i like ben said depends on the day Absolutely. Like, um, I've always been more of a Jason. I've always gravitated to more Friday the 13th. And that just really depends on my mood. So sometimes it can be two. Um, it can, even if I'm in a weird mood, I'll watch five. Um, and then when it comes, so it just, I could, I could pretty much put on any Friday the 13th movie and enjoy it to some extent, even seven and eight. Um, or maybe not. Uh, well, yeah, well, that's another conversation. Um, and then, but with <laughs> but with um, Nightmare in Elm Street, it's always either been the first one or the uh, new Nightmare. I think it's just because I'm was a teenager in the mid '90s, so Scream is my definitely my jam. And so when I'm watching New Nightmare with Wes Craven coming back and just making it very meta, I'm just like, yep, this is the this is the um, Freddy I love. I love New Nightmare, and I talked about it with Ben on our last episode. Did you know that New Nightmare is the lowest grossing 
uh, Freddy movie. Atrocious. I, I found that so mm. shocking. Yeah. I know it bombed when it came out. Yeah. Because it was meant to be, oh, Freddy's back. And then everyone just went, nope. <laughs> Which is crazy because yeah. equality and idea, it was it was solid. You yeah. Know? So. It's really great. I love how he used, I love how Freddy's used. I loved the whole thing with uh, um, Heather Langenkamp and her stalker. I love, yeah, everything about it. I love that movie. And yeah, I know it completely just died on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the yeah. line. It's a bummer. Yeah. Well, Scream came, what was it, like two years later as well? Two years later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch that because that, that would have been one that I would have seen quite a few times when I was probably quite young, too young for it. But I was kind of having this argument with myself when me and Fiona recently recorded uh, Halloween Kills. So so watch out for that. That was a, a mess of an episode. <laughs> I was just arguing with myself in terms of what I think of these franchises, so Halloween and Freddy and Jason. And, and I think I came to the conclusion that yeah, the films, obviously, the quality of the films are always going to be subjective and stuff. And as we said, some films you're going to like, that will be your favourite, and then next week, the fourth one will be your favourite, whatever. The reason I, I get, for example, I get quite passionate about Halloween and, and I can't understand the, the quality of these masks that they keep having on each film is because I like Michael Myers. He's the one, he's the character. It's not it's not the films. That's the same for probably each franchise. It's As long as the characters are are good and are putting a decent shift in, I can probably always just about get on board of them. It's when the characters start becoming a bit shit. And I think for Freddy and Jason, for me, maybe they stay reasonably consistent. They obviously change as new actors come in and out, but obviously Freddy's the same. But it's just, I think for Halloween, for example, it's the character just shifts too much. And I can accept shit films. With these two franchises in particular, I think whatever happens throughout, however bad the films get, Jason and I think Freddy remain pretty good throughout. Freddy towards the end because he becomes just a, a joke machine. It's like, oh, it's a bit much this. Fuck, man. In the sixth one, when you see him fly in on a broomstick, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah. What fuck. are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's absolutely dog shit, but yeah, that's a bit of a shame. You know, seeing Freddy on a, on a skateboard and stuff in five was a bit, uh, okay. But the kills are quite good. So it's like, okay, bon petite bitch. That's quite funny. You know, that's yeah, not bad, but. Yeah, Jason again, you know, as I said, Kane Hodder, he may be in, for me, probably the worst set of Friday the 13th films, but he's quite good as he's Jason. Really good as he, Jason ca- yeah. he carries the character well. So, so again, you can accept that. It's Yeah, I think for me, it's just the franchise is, you know, film-wise, the quality is pretty bad, you know, as they go, but the characters always remain pretty yeah, good. Yeah, go back to the Halloween. It's kind of hard being a big Halloween fan because um, the movies will always very varied wildly in quality i mean the first one's kind of an accepted masterpiece which it is and then you just get all these other movies that will redcon change the mythology do something weird um and it's kind of all over the place that you don't necessarily know where you're going to sit next i mean i haven't seen halloween i haven't seen halloween kills yet but i know it's so divisive that i'm just like where am i gonna sit in that when i eventually see it because um this is a series where you have the first halloween compared to halloween five then you go on to um, you know, um, another, you know, I actually kind of like H2O, but then again, it's just the time I was a teenager. So did I until recently. But then you get resurrection and then it's just kind of like, so what's going on with Halloween? Oh, the mask keeps changing. Yeah. I know it was an accident, but can we just have a, a, a set mask? <laughs> yeah. Don't they save them? Yeah. No, they must not. <laughs> you would think it's like, oh, we finished this. Let's put it in a box. And then we'll mark it somewhere. And when we're ready to do another one, we'll pull that box out. Yeah. I don't understand. Why is it so hard? You just watch the original again and go, right, okay, that's what it looks like. Let's just try and make it look like that. 
Can't even do that. It's not like it was a big mystery of like, oh, how do we create it? Can we not just find more of these Shatner masks from the 70s? I mean, <laughs> maybe we she- know the origin of it, right? We know yeah. where it came from. Yeah. There's a scene in Halloween 4 in the school where Michael Myers turns up with blonde fucking hair. Because the guy grabbed the like, wrong mask. What the hell is going on? I, can't, I just can't believe what I'm seeing. Yes, it's two seconds, but oh my God. <laughs> it's just, you've got to get that mask right. It's, oh, it's, it's just criminal. It just gets me. I just don't. It's, you know, it's like Freddy turning up. And as we said, you know, the makeup does suffer a little bit in some of the Freddy films. But it's like if he turned up and then his whole face had changed. You'd be like, what's happened? But it almost does. If you look at it from film to film, sometimes it's so drastic. You take a look at what he looked like in the original versus what he looked like in five. It's not even the same character. Well, it, it, yeah, he seems just to get lazy. Yeah. Because the budget's always there, isn't it? So it's like, if you can get one thing right, I can accept a shit film. Nonsensical rubbish. But surely, if you've got a budget or the budget's limited, you've got to make sure the main character still looks pretty good. There was a blueprint from each respective film's first film, which everyone was like, do you know what, that's horror-wise, that's a masterpiece, that's great. Surely they go, well, look, maybe it went wrong on that one, let's just bring it back to the original. Let's, let's at least make Freddy, let's at least make Michael Myers look as well as we can. You know, let's really focus on that, and then the film, whatever, that will take care of itself. But no, it's baffling, really weird. I don't know, I mean... <laughs> I don't get it. What are we doing next, Ben? We should. We, we got to get together again to do another one of these... Uh, these crazy, oh, these, these crazy what's... franchises, because I, I just love talking about it. We haven't done a Halloween, I suppose, yeah. Done a Friday, done a Friday. Oh, you haven't yes. done a Hellraiser? Oh, we could do a Hellraiser, yeah. I've only actually seen the first two. Oh, three's, three's, three's a trip. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some clips. Does Pinhead go night clubbing? Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what's, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, Hellraiser could work, yeah. Like I said to you at the start, it didn't hold up, but it's not even that as such because it, it's probably not going to hold up. You know, like 13-year-old me going, oh, yeah, Freddie versus Jason, great. I'm going to go back and and it's probably not going to be the same. It's similar to like H2O. I loved that when I was younger. I thought that was a really great Halloween film. I went back to it a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh, this stinks. I can still appreciate it and I'm not offended by it as such. It's just, it is a bit of a shame when you haven't seen something for so long and and you go back and rewatch it and you're like, oh, okay. Talking about the film with you guys obviously makes it better because we can sort of have a laugh about it and we can pinpoint certain things and you two could say things that you like. It's, you know, it's infectious. So it's like, oh, okay, do you know what? Maybe if I was talking to Tom, we'd both just be like, yeah, this is fucking shit. <laughs> and it, yeah. So it's nice to talk to people who are like, do you know what? It is a bit crap in places, but Freddie and Jason are still pretty good. Let's find the positives. And yeah, there's enough in this film to enjoy. Definitely. I can accept that. It is interesting, though, because sometimes when you do see something as a kid, you love it forever. And uh, uh, was it just yesterday, um, you know, my co-host of uh, You Gotta See This, she loves Dune. And she was able to get a hold of a she's able to get a hold of a a three hour cut of the movie. And she said, oh, do you want to watch it? I was like, no. Three hours. (laughs) Has she seen the has she seen the new one yet? No, she's 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 waiting. She's got a new puppy, which makes it uh, sort of yeah, not able to get out to go see a movie yes. at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the new one. It looks great. No, me too. It's just I'd be so curious to see what she because she loves since she loves the Dune so much. It'd be interesting to see what she thinks of the um the new one. I'd bet any amount of money she hates it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like I bet any amount of money. <laughs> 
No, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty cinematic. Well, Denise Villeneuve, he's yeah, he's a he's a pretty safe pair of hands, isn't he? Give him the next Freddy versus Jason. Film. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that guy's really made a bad film, is he? To be honest, I think he's. No, I keep wanting to not like his movies, and then I watch them, and I'm like, oh no, okay, fine, I like them. (laughs) Yeah, there's an ample amount of possibilities with this sort of stuff, isn't it? Get these franchises together, and I guess it's just like it's just trying to figure out what to do with them. The fighting overall wasn't too bad in this. The ending stuff at Camp Crystal Lake was fine. I think the stuff when they're pinballing around, when Jason's pinballing, loved again, it. that was like, didn't care. Oh, man. Stupid. Oh, loved it. Stupid. Oh, yeah, it's I very stupid, but loved it. Absolutely loved it. hated it. That was great. It. That was great. Yeah, it's a very Terrible. simple movie, but they keep <sighs> adding things onto it. Like, there's so much we didn't need. I don't know if we needed the stuff in the hospital. We definitely didn't need the <laughs> stuff with the oh, We definitely dilled. didn't need. Yeah, we just sort of had the kids together in the Scooby van. Them trying to figure out what's happening, <laughs> and that's it. We didn't need all the. Oh other, my god! The bullshit, Lindsay. Lindsay, it should have been a Scooby Doo, Freddy, Jason crossover. <laughs> yes, that would have yes, been the yes. best. <laughs> Why not? Bring back, bring Matthew Lillard yes. and uh, Freddy Prince. Fuck! That was the movie they should have made. Yes, they should have brought the Scooby Gang into it. That's an exclusive. <laughs> oh my god! How do we make that happen? <laughs> I can't go on anymore. I just got this stuck in my head. This, I, I want to see this now. You need to go and write that immediately. Fuck. Yes. Go and write that first yes. draw. Zoinks. Oh, so many possibilities. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tell me that wouldn't make all the money. It'd be so much fun. Well, look um, at Marvel. Look what Marvel's done the last 10 to 12 exactly. years. It's, it's, it's crying out for a Marvel-type get-together of all the, uh, well, I guess Scooby-Doo's not really a horror icon. He's an icon. <laughs> I, I don't know. Horror adjacent. Horror adjacent. Definitely horror yeah, adjacent. Definitely horror adjacent. It's, 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 most people, horror fans, gateway into horrors. They watch Scooby-Doo and they're like, ah, that's a zombie. That's a ghost. No, it's not. It's a guy in a suit, but exactly. I don't care. Yeah. Well, guys, any any final thoughts on, on Freddy versus Jason? Any summary of sorts? Any things that you, you feel like you need to say before we end proceedings? I loved it. It's stupid. It's got flaws. It's one of those things where you have to accept it for what it is. I wanted to see it. I got to see it. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm with Dan. I mean, it's seriously dumb, but it's it's just, it's kind of, when I'm watching it, I smile and I have fun. It's dumb. It's goofy. It's some of the worst dialogue, even in a Jason uh, movie, which is known for atrocious dialogue. But I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm having a good time. Yeah, look, like I said, talking about it with you guys, it's if I was talking about it with Fiona or Tom, it would just be me going like, what about this? That is, yeah, I'd have just gone on a massive fucking rant about how crap it was, but it's fun. If you just look at it as Freddy versus Jason, seeing them on screen, seeing Robert Englund on screen as Freddy for the last time, it's like, oh, do you know what? It was nice. It was good to see. And yeah, there was some good stuff. And I just think with the dialogue and, and the characters, they were just, they were just so bad. They didn't have to be as bad as they were, which was a bit of a shame, but. Look, I think they should, whenever they do, try and bring them back together again and do something else because you, know, you can't, can't you? And I think they will, won't they? Like Halloween. They have to. They'll make money. It'll yeah. make money. Another, yeah. another 15 years, there'll be another set of Halloweens and it'll just be going on forever. And, you know, I guess that's just the way it is because they will make money and the next generation of kids will like this version of Freddy. And I think Freddy's well overdue a, a remake or a reboot because I know, well, I know pretty much everyone did not like the... Uh, the, was it 2010, the reboot of Freddy? Yeah, I know one person who didn't mind the 2010. Um, no, the 2010. Is that Chris Hurtado? 
<laughs> Surprisingly not, actually. It was Brent. Oh. Um, I actually don't know what Chris oh, okay. thinks about um, uh, Nightmare, uh, the remake, actually. I should ask him because he probably might like it knowing him. He lost me when he said Ready Player One was better than Jurassic Park. He's, he, <laughs> like, he, apparently he's, I don't know, man. He's come around. He's he's kind of realized. I think uh, uh, his friend Daniel showed him Jurassic Park because he's like, you can't keep saying that. We showed him Jurassic Park. Yeah, went, it's like, just, <laughs> no, stop. You're going to get cancelled. He's like, okay, yeah, Jurassic Park actually might be the better movie. <laughs> Bless oh, Chris. I love you. You're, you're, you're insane, but I love you. <laughs> no, man, be you, man. Yeah, I've only seen it once. Yeah, so I've seen it I, once. I don't know. It's It was just so dour. It was, it was just, boring. Yeah. It was just boring. Yeah. I, I, that was, that, that movie, was my biggest takeaway. A Freddy movie can be bad. It mm. just can't be boring. And yeah, it was just, ugh. <laughs> That's the biggest crime of all, isn't it, with any of these films? It's when you start getting bored. Mm. You can't be getting no. bored in these sort of films. Well, okay. So, Lindsay, please, just before you go, tell us about what's happening in Slock and All. What sort of stuff have you got coming up? And, of course, where can the millions of Film Floggers listeners find you? Yeah, again, apologies for, for the episode with me and Dan. <laughs> no. I apologise a- on Dan's behalf because we do come as a couple yeah, now. Yeah, so. yeah, you are the, the bromance of the century. No, um, <laughs> no, Shock and All is just trucking along. Um, we're just finishing up uh, October. Um, so I think we've got um, a big Stephen King episode coming up for um, Halloween, which um, was really fun. I just recorded that. Um, starting to think about the November episodes, which um, at the moment feels a little bit musical, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so um, quite a few musicals popping up, um, which surprised me. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's um, it's it's trucking along. Dan, you know what's what's happening with yourself? Is uh, is your podcast back from the dead again? Or what's oh, happening? God, with it? Uh, if I could ever get my co-host tied down to commitments, uh, we would be so much more on top of a schedule. Now she's got to watch a three-hour version of Dune. So uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, we're gonna try. We're gonna try next week to get Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, not Friday the Thirteenth. The original Nightmare on Elm Street, which she's never seen. Oh. So we'll see if we can do that. But uh, until then, it's like uh, again. I'm sort of tethered to you, Mr. Davis, uh, with some Soprano stuff and I guess airlifting in for, you know, flogging films every now and again. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my podcasting life these days. Let's try and get a, a good one in. It sounds good to me, man. Freddy Five wasn't too bad. It was an upgrade on part eight, Jace Takes Vancouver, but I still think we could do better. I concur. Yeah. Great. Pleasure, guys. Yeah, just a really good excuse to rewatch that film so thank you very much let's all get together again soon and do something else yes peace out man bye thank you bye bye ah good stuff man you guys are a blast to do this with we got we got to try to make more of an effort to uh, to get together that was uh, that was a blast really enjoyed that Right, so for fucking October, Ben wants to do 31 days, 31 films in 31 days. No, no, forget about that. Just where they can find us. Oh, right. Okay. You can find us on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, and on TikTok, but Ben doesn't do TikTok because he doesn't like it. Need kids. Want want children. Children apply. (laughs) He also does um, the game vloggers, but we don't do that because- We we might do. We might do. We won't. We're going to go back on Overcooked because Overcooked has the Halloween Mm. DLC. We're going to use that. It's going to be really fun. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to like, share, and tell a friend. And don't forget to send in your 15-second reviews. Oh, God, Thanks. Yeah. How am I going to fucking fit those in? Good pods. Pod chaser. Oh, yeah, on those things. Apple podcast reviews. Yep, Spotify. Sopranos Redefined. Oh, yeah. That's out. Ooh. That's another thing I'm doing. How's that going? Well, it's, yeah, 
It's okay, yeah. Good. It's not on Apple yet. Well, hopefully by the time this comes out in October, it will be. So, you know, right. go have a look at it. If you like Sopranos, have a look. Right. If you like Dan Mackles, Christ, poor you, have a listen. What about if you like Ben? Well, then you're in for a fucking treat. If you don't like Ben. Is he a waffler in this? If you like Slip, like Sopranos, just have a look. Are you a waffler in it? Yeah, probably. Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number. If you're listening to this trailer, you're deciding whether or not you're going to listen to this podcast. Good. But chances are, we've lost you already. Good. Wait, what? No, come on, Matt. What? Well, Why? I mean, it takes, it takes what, like 10 seconds for people you're to lose interest defeatist. in things? I am not being defeatist. defeatist. They've you gone are. already. It's for now. Then, well, now they are because we started arguing, so we've both sort of driven them out. Well, go right, on just then. Go on tell to, tell you... the dead air who we are. Okay. The dead air. The dead air. The cadaver. The people who aren't listening anymore. I'm taking control. You introduce yourself. And then I'll introduce myself, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing, right? It's going to sound more professional that way. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm Johnny Gross. I am a filmmaker and a film fan and fanatic and obsessive. Good. Very good. That was very well done. Very professional. You sounded like you're in control and almost like you know who you are. All right, then. And who are you? I'm Sai. I'm a 3D artist and a game designer, a film fan. Uh, I'm your brother as well. Really? So we're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies and hopefully some of yours as well. There's going to be trivia behind the scenes. Do you want to tell the listeners why we've called this podcast What's Our Seat Number? You really came to the right person with fielding this question because I feel that I can take this story and really bring it to life. Okay, so one time we went to go and see a film in the cinema and I asked, What's Our Seat Number? Fantastic. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. I did it for you. It's great. If you want to hear more, you can check out the rest of our episodes. We're hosted by Podbean, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or Audible, TuneIn Alexa, Listen Notes, and now on iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Podchaser. So pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to review, like, and rate, and keep listening, because the more you listen, the more we'll be able to produce. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.